This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? A big game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk coming at you with the Jets in Denver kicking off a road trip and getting a shot at the first place avalanche tonight. We'll be all over that game with some news and notes from Mike McIntyre, who is in Denver with the Winnipeg Free Press. And Murata Tesh is going to join us a little later on on the program. Uh, Brandon Rewicki will uh, join us first up. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the Jets salvaging that road trip and uh, winning a couple after dropping the first two and his thoughts on the game tonight. Uh, Murat as well from The Athletic. And then a little later on, looking forward to uh, welcoming in uh, Susan Lambu from a sports a Sport Manitoba. Susan is the uh, coaching manager, and um, we're kicking off a new segment, which we'll be doing weekly or bi-weekly with our friends at Sport Manitoba, brought to you by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. It takes a community to play. Um, and we'll learn more about different events and opportunities for people to get involved in sport in Manitoba. And today we're going to be focusing in on coaching. As we know that uh, without coaches, we don't have teams and we don't have games, much like officials and how important they are um, to sport at the grassroots level and really every level. So Susan will come on a little later on and we'll kick that off with Sport Manitoba. And again, a big thanks to Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries for their support of Sport Manitoba and this program. Um, well, speaking of that, thanks to them and all the sponsors that make this show happen. Um, and a special thank you to Boston Pizza, Nick and Nikki DQ, and our friends at Ticketmaster for their generous donations that helped us pull off another really fun Winnipeg Sports Talk event last night, the holiday party. We'll touch on that with Michael Remus in just a minute. But in addition to those great sponsors, also want to thank the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, our friends at Little Brown Jug. What great hosts they always are. Um, Royal Sports, Princess Auto, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, Modern Man Barbershop. And we will get into a uh, why not question of the day, uh, which I think will revolve around tonight's Blue line as the uh, the uh, the crowded defense core of the Winnipeg Jets gets shaken up again. Looks like Logan Stanley's in the game tonight. So we'll do that for not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery a little bit later on. And, of course, uh, big game tonight. We've got a little WST exclusive over with our friends at CoolBet after we nailed another one in the lock shop yesterday, which was uh, just kind of a nice end to a great night with the over in that uh, Carolina Edmonton game and uh, another reason to be a happy and festive last night for lock shoppers that were with us yesterday at uh, Little Brown Jug. All right, let's get Michael Remus in here. And Reem, what a fun night was had by all last night at LBJ. Yeah, it was our first time doing a holiday party. Great to see so many uh, familiar faces, uh, meet some new ones, and... Uh, give away some great prizes and raise some money for the Christmas uh, cheer board. I know it was pretty tough for you at the end of the night uh, counting uh, all the money from the raffle. I, I tried, it's funny, so you're trying to count it and I'm like talking to you and you uh, eventually you just got so mad at me. You're like, you're messing up my count. Stop. But, well, it wasn't uh, just you. It was you. It was Spency. Gregory was, I mean, all time, by the way, all time entrance from the legendary Gregory Liverpool himself. I guess GFL was at 
um, some political dinner or something like that and rolled in the black suit, the trench coat. And I think ever since I called him the sheriff of IG Field at the Bomber Calgary game, I think, he has now incorporated, incorporated that black Bomber cowboy hat into his former formal wear attire and was uh, was rocking that last night. But yes, the count was very difficult. But I can tell you that just from the raffle alone, uh, we raised over $700 for the Christmas cheer board in addition with some other donations as well as ticket sales. Just waiting on a final number from uh, from Little Brown Jug on the tickets. But we should be in excess probably of $1,300 uh, for the Christmas cheer board right now. So... I mean, obviously, first and foremost, just thanking everyone for the support to come out. Um, but everyone was quite generous when it came to buying raffle tickets. And congratulations. Nick actually won the uh, the, the um, Little Brown Jug Prize Pack. Um, WST legend Candace Jane won the Winnipeg Jets Prize Pack. And thanks again to the Jets for that. A beautiful framed photo of Kyle Connor, a Jets hoodie and a really nice toque. And then a couple of the younger attendees last night. Uh, Lucas, who I believe it's his birthday today, was the winner of those uh, premium seats where we'll be hosting. He and uh, I believe his pal Daniel at the game on January 9th for the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's going to be fun just to check that section out and sit in a much bigger seat than I normally do in section 316, row one. Um, but again, very generous donation from uh, Mitch over at Ticketmaster. Uh, so overall, a great time was had. And uh, most importantly, there are the winners. There's Lucas and Daniel on uh, myself and Rima. So that'll be our wrecking crew for those seats coming up on uh, January 4th. Looking forward to that. Um, but again, this was just a fun way to get together at the holidays and uh, see everyone that supports us so well. And uh, man, what a great turnout. And great results for uh, a charity that's so important at the holiday season for those in need, dude. Yeah, this was, uh, you know, first holiday party. Hopefully we can make this an annual thing. Uh, we showed to what, yeah, Boston pizza with all the pizza, Nick, but all the DQ. I think a lot of people maybe not the happiest with Nick after he won the prize, but hey, we had, uh, I think Jet Oil Tom pulled one, <laughs> Jeff Cabillas pulled one. And, uh, yeah, Gregory Liverpool pulled one of the winners, and he said, uh, the pick is in, like it was uh, an <laughs> NHL draft or something. So this was, uh, look, this was pretty fun. Uh, they had the game on, which was awesome. We watched uh, Edmonton. I think we were doing the draw. It was like three minutes into that Edmonton-Carolina game. We're like, what, it's 3 nothing already? What's going on here? <laughs> and uh, and I, I had, you know, it's not a party without NHL 94, huh? So I brought a... Here's my TV with the NHL 94 on it. We got some gaming in too, so this is pretty fun. I, uh, I, I, I did. We did have a challenge match between myself and Remus at the end of the night, and I had said to Connor that the spread in this game was seven and a half, and I held my own. I lost four nothing. I, I, I don't, I don't have like. There's a couple of key moves that. Michael was quite well aware of victim, <laughs> victimized me on a couple of times, but we, uh, we played a rough and tumble game. There was, I mean, the possession numbers indicated that it was a much closer game than the four, nothing that the scoreboard said at the end. Yeah. I said, it's not a party unless there's NHL 94. So put a TV on a stand and hope to take it with us uh, to many more 
uh, functions in the future. I think people got a kick out of that. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. So uh, I'm just looking into the chat. There's all sorts of comments from everyone, but uh, Mary Jane was there. And yes, Dan Jets fan, lots of props for his holiday sweater, complete with the lights and audio from Chevy Chase and the uh, the Christmas Vacation movies. Uh, I see Isha Boy Bruce was there um, saying what's up. Schickster, of course, Jet Oil Tom, Spency getting some laughs from the guys. Uh, and, of course, Connor brought his uh, cohort, Brian, from uh, Level Flight Podcast. It was awesome to see everyone. I mean, Phyllis and Bridget, of course, uh, were there last night. So a whole bunch of people popping in. Mary Jane, always brightening everybody's day. So, uh, yeah, all in all. It was, yes, and Bridget mentioning Gregory Liverpool knows how to make an entrance, even made a twirl to show off his style, and that was definitely a highlight. Uh, my pals Dom and uh, Mo and Melissa were there. Uh, we, it was just awesome. It was great to get together, and, man, that is such a perfect room at Little Brown Jug to do things like that. Um, you, know, we, uh, you know, it was very casual, people running around, grabbing some pizza, grabbing some beers, uh, and just uh, just hanging out for uh, for a few hours and as I said, you know, the way that we were able to turn it into something positive uh, with uh, well over $1,000 for the cheer board. Cannot thank everyone enough for the generosity and uh, hopefully the first of many as we uh, as we look forward to uh, more events like that in the future. Yeah, great venue there. Little Brown Jug. Um, plenty of room for everyone. And I got to try some uh, samples, some of their seasonal beers or uh, beers that are what only on tap their limited batch. I yes. think is the small uh, batch. Small I batch. The one. That, that's the correct term if you're a big uh, beer connoisseur. So, uh, yeah, it was fun, and we've had events there before, but they were mostly based around trivia. This one was just a, a great time. So, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's a lot of gatherings, and I appreciate everyone who took the time out of their day to come and say hi and hang out. Yeah, you bet. Now, I mean, I did give Gregory props on his outfit. Unfortunately, it still wasn't enough to win Best Dressed. That had to go to Tristan Rivers' music and Candace Jane. Uh, both impeccable, impeccable suits. Candace had that karma going in to uh, win that jet prize. But I see Tristan mentioning, thanks for the great party. Nice getting to chat with so many of you. I know I missed some, so I hope to say hi next time. And I had a nice chat with Tristan. I, I think 2024 could have a large involvement of one Tristan Rivers music for another WST event that we were working on. But uh, overall, it was fun. Everyone got together, chat about the Jets, looking forward to this game tonight. And uh, as they say, no better place to do it than uh, over at Little Brown Jug with their friends at, uh, at LBJ. Yeah, uh, again, great, uh, great party. And um, looking forward to doing more of these in the future. And Love having everyone together. It's we've really built uh, such a great community and uh, raising money for the Christmas cheer board. It's uh, pretty cool to think, you know, that everyone collectively was able to help us accomplish that. So uh, this is awesome. Yeah, a couple of the big J's weren't able to make it in Hammer and Billick, uh, but we did have Pat Kanuga from CBC who came with special guest star, none other than the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, DT. It's great to have Derek Taylor out, and uh, DT's got a little bit more time for this sort of thing now that a little quieter with the uh, Bombers heading into the offseason. But uh, he, as he always does during the season, will be on uh, Jets duty 
fill it in for Kelly Moore at some point, I think in the new year when Kelly takes a little bit of time to get uh, to get away. Yeah, and DT was rocking a diehard-themed Christmas sweater. I don't know if it was a... I'm not a big Christmas sweater guy, Huss, um, but there were a couple there today. Do you have any Hanukkah sweaters? I'm not a sweater guy, so no. Just sweater, period. Too hot. Too hot. I like to zip up. You gotta gotta unzip. You gotta unzip, Huss, because let let it breathe a little bit. Yeah, there's uh, here, Retro Winnipeg. Uh, Jason's got his... I think it was a Canadian Club Christmas yeah, yeah, sweater. Yeah, it was. It was a Canadian Club Christmas sweater. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when Kabilis and uh, Jay were going on. Yes, it, and for those of you that are looking, Remus did bring a setup <laughs> to set up a stand-up TV and this little. What's that box called again? That has all the all the games. We're basically playing the- NHL '94 yeah. with and with 2024 rosters. So yeah, it was awesome. All the current Jets were out there when you were playing it, but it was still the. Uh, the old NHL 94 uh, four format. Yeah, again, great. It's not a party without NHL 94. So uh, retweeted that one out, got a nice uh, free retweet from them. And, and again, great, great party. And uh, I know what Illegal Curves got theirs at Boston Pizza tonight. They're going to be watching the Jets take on the Avalanche. But uh, just so appreciative of uh, everything that we've done here for you know, since starting up and that we can have uh, events like this, Huss, and meet so many people. <laughs> T. Will. Derek Taylor was there. I hope everyone gave him the cold shoulder after his terrible MOP voting. I'm not sure whether he did get any more heat for that or whether the dust has settled down on the MOP controversies. Uh, but T. Will, I mean, you missed your chance to do it in person, to, uh, to, to get in the grill, to have those hot takes delivered in person. Uh, and yes, T. Konopoli, we did miss you. Thank you again, though, for that super chat. We're putting that in and a couple of the other gifts that we had on the show for people that couldn't make it. We'll combine that in with everything that came in tickets and make one big donation to the cheer board in the next few days. But uh, it was uh, Kyle, all caps Kyle, so great I didn't even make it to work today. Kyle apparently gets up and leaves the house around 4 a.m. every day. So I could see how that may last night and the good times may have impacted, uh, impacted that. But anyways, again, great to see everyone. Thank you all. Good times. We'll do it again soon. And I'm sure we'll be back at uh, LBJ in a few months for another sports trivia night as, uh, as well. And, uh, and yeah, I might pop by BP tonight to see the IC boys doing, uh, I guess they're going to do their show from the BP Taylor afterwards. I know KNR have something going on on Sunday as well. Sunday's tough for me with uh, a, a a standing occupation for NFL, but um, obviously we'll have to uh, double dip. Cowboys and Eagles on Sunday night as well as I think the Jets are playing Anaheim, if I'm not mistaken, Reem, but uh, tonight it's all about the Jets and the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and a lot of questions coming to the questions coming in chat. Will Kale McCarr be in the lineup? He did not play last game. You know, last game, what, he skated? very briefly in the morning and was game time. Didn't play, but he was out there. Shout out to Mike McIntyre for keeping us posted uh, from the free president, Mitch Clinton as well. Uh, Bowen Byram, he got banged up for Colorado last mm-hmm. game. Was he going to be in? He was out there. So he is back in Andrew Cogliano's back in and uh, Nathan McKinnon. I didn't know he was injured. Yes. He's, he's going to be in the lineup. So the avalanche playing with almost their full team. Sam Girardi's taking a leave. Their D is, is short one guy, but, I mean, they're still a first-place team coming off a win. Very strong. Going to be a tough test, and I was reading 
uh, Mike's column or article. I don't want to offend anyone by saying the wrong thing in the free press. <laughs> I I went. I said one time. I said to a writer has of a, a journalist. I was like, "Great article." Maybe even Gary. Even I was like, "Great article, Gary." For sure, this is Gary. He goes, "It was a column," and I was like, "Oh, sorry. <laughs> don't want to don't want to get the wrong name." So now I'm like very since Gary like shame me. I'm gonna say it was him. I'm very careful and. The terminology. Um, oh, as he says, no Nakushkin, and I didn't see. I didn't see that. Um, yeah, even, yeah. So Makar's in, but, McKinnon's yeah. in, Byram's in, uh, but it doesn't look like Nakushkin's okay. going to be able to go. He is still sick. So, uh, Semelinski staying in the lineup as well, uh, and that potentially means a Caleb Jones scratch or an eleven-seven lineup, as per Peter Baugh writing for the Avalanche for the Athletic. Okay, and all, what I was saying is, yeah, so Mike, no, or Mike notes, Colorado has won nine of the last 13 head-to-head meetings uh, versus the Jets. Uh, Colorado won two last season by a combined score, 9-3. So that's what, uh, so it hasn't been great historically, but hey, that was last year. We're in 2023-24 now, so uh, different teams. We talked about the Jets changing roster at forward. Uh, compared to what they had, and I'm looking forward to tonight. See, is this a litmus test measuring stick kind of matchup against a very strong uh, Colorado team? I think uh, I think you can definitely pull out the the litmus test for tonight's game. I mean, listen, with a win tonight, and and shout out to Pomo and the Panthers who beat Dallas. Um, and, you know, you look at the differences. Yeah, you know, the Jets lost two games head-to-head against the Stars. Well, guess what? The Jets just went into Florida, beat Tampa, and beat Florida in consecutive games. Dallas just went and lost both of those in regulation. So with a win tonight, I mean, the way the standings look right now, just heading into the game, Colorado had that win over the Ducks, so they extended their lead to four over the Winnipeg Jets. Um, they're three points up on the Dallas Stars. But the Jets and the Stars do have one game in hand. So a win tonight would put the Jets ahead of Dallas into second place and just two points back of Colorado with even games played. So it really is a big opportunity, not only to measure themselves against the team that has been the measuring stick in this division for the last few years and a recent Stanley Cup champ, um, but get two valuable points to get a little closer to first place, stay comfortably within that top three in the Central, and jump over the Dallas Stars at the same same time. Although Dallas, uh, although Dallas is playing tonight, uh, I do believe. Let me just quickly. There's a lot of games. There's I, a here, ton I, of games tonight. And here, before we look into that, I just want to clarify. Yeah. You know, I was reading the. I don't know if Mike got it wrong or someone got it wrong in the in the free press. But the Jets played Colorado four times last year, not two, and they won one in overtime. I think it was Pionk had the overtime winner. I, I definitely remember it was a, the they big were slapper. Two games in 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 Denver, I would imagine. I mean, of, no, of it was the... two, it was no, it was maybe two games in 2023 uh, after January one because they played two games uh, in October and November last year, and the Jets won four three in overtime. Remember, Kionk had the huge uh, slapper winner yeah, and unreal. And, and they won 5-0 at home against Colorado on the 29th. But I think Colorado had a lot of injuries in that game. So I might have to email um, Mike for a, 
correction. I'm not sure. Or I, or I can't read. I don't know. I don't want to throw Mike under the bus. Either that or that was put through. I mean, I think if he's referring to just two matchups last year, it would be the matchups on the road because obviously in oh. the division, you're playing teams at home didn't, and on the road. I don't want to get I don't want to get too into it, but it didn't specify home or road. They won one at home and one last year. So Nicely done. Um, so yeah, anyways, Dallas is in Washington tonight. Um, so all the teams are playing. It is a very, very busy, uh, busy night. And speaking of Mike, I mean, let's just get to it. Um, the lines, you know what the lines are going to look like. Connor Shifley, Ehlers, Perfetti, Velarde, Iafallo, Niederreiter, Lowry, Appleton. Uh, all three members of the fourth line will be playing. Morgan Barron, David Gustafson, and Axel Janssen Fialbi. What is interesting, though, is the blue line. Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan and Pionk, Dylan Sandberg, and Logan Stanley in tonight. And I'll be honest, I mean, that I think surprises me a little bit with Schmidt and Chisholm getting the uh, spot in the press box this evening. And we'll find out more from Rick Bonus. And listen, what's he going to say? He's going to say he liked the play. He's going to give him a ch- chance to get in there. Um, cannot help but think... This may also have something to do with uh, the reported interest in Logan Stanley and the phone calls Kevin Sheveldayoff's been getting. Uh, I guess getting a guy out and giving him an opportunity to play a little bit, particularly if some teams are, you know, considering making a move for a player, um, that could play into it as well. Because uh, I'm not sure that Stan did enough, although he played quite a bit. Again, played more than uh, than the other guys that we're talking about in that last game by a bit. Um, you know, to stay in the lineup, but um, it looks like he's a go tonight. Yeah, are they showcasing him for a trade? That's what people are saying, and I mean, I I have to think, you know, if they're putting him in, they think he gives them the best chance to win. What what's Bonus going to say after the morning skate? I haven't seen any comments yet, but he's a big guy, blocks shots, plays physical. Uh, he's six foot seven, and maybe they think that he gives them an edge. But I mean, I thought Schmidt and Samberg we talked about they've been fine uh together they had good good results um so i'm not sure you know what they're trying to get everyone in here give everyone a turn um so we'll see how it goes with sandberg and stanley on the third pair yeah uh (laughs) um i i I am a little surprised i mean listen if you want to get a guy in and get him some game action uh it just I think a lot of people will be a little bit nervous, um, you know, depending on, you know, you don't have last change. Um, you know, Stan at times has been victimized by some of the, uh, of the top players and certainly the avalanche have a lot of them, but at the same time, it's a big opportunity for him. I mean, Hey, you want to play more, you want to get moved, go out and have a big game. But I would suggest there, there's a bit of risk involved in it, but that probably would be the same thing if we were talking about Chisholm in or Nate Schmidt in, um, it is going to be a test. And that third pairing, I imagine, will be sheltered as much as possible uh, by Rick Bonus and his staff. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll have to see how they look. I mean, I, I don't think it's you know fair to certain guys has to have them sitting around. Like Chisholm, what, they had to send him for a conditioning that Stan was sitting around. So they want to get him fresh. I guess they liked what they saw from Stan last game, give a nice opportunity here against uh, a good measuring stick opponent. And uh, and we'll go from there. We'll see who it is uh, next game. I don't know. Are we entering a, a rotation here for the last spot? But 
One thing, I mean, Sandberg, Sandberg's made it, I mean, it's pretty clear Sandberg is, you know, number five uh, with a lock button on it. Yeah. And, and yeah, that wasn't the, the, the case last thing, year. Sorry. No, no. And it was a little strange that Stanley actually played one second more than Sandberg last game and like more than two minutes more at five on five. Um, so we'll talk about that with Rivicki coming up, but may as well fire out the why not question of the day. Uh, for not Autocorp at Waverly and McGillivray, hit us up in the chat. Uh, what uh, What do you think about Logan Stanley getting in today as the uh, sixth defenseman playing with Dylan Sandberg? I know there's some Stan fans out there. There's also some critics. He's a bit of a polarizing player. Um, but he got into a game. They obviously played him more than I think most of us expected last game against Carolina. And to go from Carolina now against the Avalanche, whether it's showcasing a player or letting him get in there, a big challenge, but at the same time, an opportunity for Stanley. Let us know in the chat your thoughts on the why not question of the day. Um, all right, we've got uh, we've got Rewicki coming up. We're looking forward to getting his thoughts on all of this. Of course, a, uh, the holidays are here, gang, and we had a little holiday gathering last night, of course, at Little Brown Jug. But whether you're talking about uh, holiday gatherings yourself or gift options our friends at canadian club have a cc for every occasion heading into the holidays right now on sale at manitoba liquor marts our cc original 100 rye and the cc classic 12 year old and lots of the limited release cc 15 year old cherry cask is still available the cc invitation series 15-year-old Sherry Cask, our signature Canadian Club Classic 12-year-old whiskey, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Casks. All the hallmarks of a classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. That is available right now. Just came out as part of this year's release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. Pick it up and all the other great CC offerings for enjoying and for gift-giving at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Hey, a uh, big shout out to our friends at Manitoba Battery. It is beautiful again outside. This weather is nuts, but you know that's not going to last for long. Make sure your car, your truck, and your battery is ready for winter. And the best way to do that is get proactive and get on down to Manitoba Battery, or better yet, have them deliver it to you for free. That's right. You can get the best price in town on your battery, beating the pants off the big box stores and shopping local at Manitoba Battery, and they'll deliver it to you for free. Any purchase over $60, they'll deliver it to you within the perimeter of Winnipeg. It's just that easy. So you head over to manitobabattery.com and order online. Give them a phone call, 783-8787. Their staff will love to take care of you over the phone. And if you do want to see where your battery's at, get a free battery test, pop by and see Donnie and the gang. You can always do that and see him during business hours at 1026 Logan Avenue. Um, our friends at Aquatech have been very busy getting ready for 2024 when it comes to home renovations because whole home renos start with Aquatech. With thousands of renovations as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you are ready to enhance your kitchen, bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, Visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. And again, a big thanks, you know, to our friends at Modern Man. We had that great turnout last night, raising money for the Christmas cheer board. 
But holy smokes, did WSTers step up during the month of November. Shout out to One Bird. He was there last night as well, one of our WST team. Uh, but now it's time to get looking good for the holidays, gang. And you're going to make an appointment at one of eight Modern Man locations, including the newest locations. I was just there at the Pemina Highway one. Beautiful dog, too. Cordell, Jess, great people. The dog steals the show. A uh, new one on Plessy Road as well. And they've got you covered, guys, with haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Get looking good for the holidays. Book your look. Make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com. And give a follow on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops as well. All right, let's talk some puck. And welcome in Brandon Rowicki from Skates and Plates and our old pal, a fellow TSN orphan. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's it's like that uh, that Rudolph Claymation show, right? Like we're the, the Island of Misfit TSN cast offs. So <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. I've been better, but I'm doing all right. Um, what do you, let's, before we get to tonight's game, um, you know, when we spoke last week, the team was just sort of getting through a three game losing streak. Their first of the year, obviously it was a heartbreaking way to lose that Edmonton game. Um, what did you think about the, the way the team, you know, put those two wins together, kind of different wins and certainly against different competition in against the Blackhawks on Saturday afternoon with Hellebuck in and then a huge game from Lauren Brassois as the team heavily outshot, but comes out with a huge two points against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the Hurricanes game itself is two different games, right? Like, I mean, you have to, I mean, I don't know if you ignored, but you have to break down what happened in the first and then what happened after the first, uh, the final 40 minutes there. I will, I will say this. I really hate it when fans give their own goalie the Bronx cheer. But that Bronx cheer that the Jets fans threw out there on on a Tuesday night was just top class. That hilarious. whole sequence was just amazing. <laughs> and then in a weird way, it kind of boosted them to that. Like the building got rocking again. And then they score only, what was it, like a minute after that, well, for, right? For, yeah, for people that missed it, I mean, we're, we were well into the second half of the first period. And it had been 12 nothing in shots for a pretty long time. Now, listen, Carolina had six in like the first two minutes. So it wasn't like... The entire like the Jets were getting into the end, but they just weren't getting any shots on net. They were kind of moving around. They were waiting for something nice. And listen, that happened later on with that top line. But the fans were getting a little restless to get a damn shot on net. Logan Stanley, who is in the game, rips one at the net. Everyone believes that it's a shot. It goes up on the board. There's a big, like, hey. Well, 10 seconds later, they take the shot off the clock, and then there's mass booing in the stadium as well. Um, 27 seconds later, though, Kyle Connor had a shot and a goal. And um, listen, the Jets, were they fortunate to be up at that point? For sure. Uh, I think Lauren Brassois maybe felt like he owed the guys someone, uh, something after that Nashville game, and he was full marks. And, and Brandon, just specifically to LB, he's in a tough situation. I think he came here thinking that he might be the starter a month into the season based yeah. on the uncertainty of what Hellebuck is, and then he signs a seven-year extension. So, I mean, the starts are going to be few and far in between, um, but he really did have his best going on. And, oh, my God, did he look good, too, in those old-school pads in that jersey. Yeah, the kid, the kid was electric, and, <laughs> and he was just outstanding. He was, he was by far the best player on the ice for either team in that one. And, yeah, I mean, that's fair. He, he might have he earned the boys a 42, you know, <laughs> top-of-the-notch performance like that. 
Uh, but I mean, he was the only reason it wasn't kind of like the Oilers Hurricanes game last night. He was the only reason that we were even talking about the Jets picking up back to back wins there. He he was really, really good. And I mean, it, it was interesting, too, because, you know, looking at the the split of games there, everyone kind of assumed it would be Brassois against Chicago. And then you throw Hellion against uh, a more formidable opponent in, in Carolina and the Jets kind of flipped that one on the head there, which I, I don't really mind. I almost, you know, the, to break a losing streak against an awful team, let's just throw Hellebuck in there and we'll, we'll bank the two points no matter what, basically. And then we'll see what happens against Carolina. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's performances like that that are going to be kind of sneaky massive for the team down the stretch because all the rest you can give Hellebuck all the time off. You can give him later on in the year and the, you know, the third quarter of the season. So he's not up and around 65 games once again this year. It's it's just going to be massive for this team to make a playoff push. And the only way you can do that is, is if your backup goalie is is playing at the very least at a serviceable level. For Swad, to his own admission, I think, has not done that up until that point. And then he just completely flipped the script and he was he was outstanding. Yeah, best player on the ice, no doubt about it. You know, speaking of, I mean, let's quickly, we'll focus in on this game tonight in a minute, but um, it's a four-game road trip. The Jets are playing tonight in Denver and then are off on Friday and Saturday. <clears throat> and then Ducks on Sunday, a day off, and back-to-back against the Sharks and the Kings. Very clearly, Hellebuck's going to go tonight. I would imagine Hellebuck's going to go on Sunday. The normal... The normal rotation is the starter would play the first game and then the backup goes in in game two in a much tougher spot. Well, two very different teams at the end of this road trip. Sharks first, Kings second. Um, but I, I have to admit, my inclination based on what they just did Do is it again. LA, LB is going to have another chance to show that he's ready to go going up against one of the top teams in the league with the LA Kings. Yeah, I, I love that, especially like for a backup goalie where you're playing like once every week and a half, roughly, give or take. And a lot of the times these guys get thrown in against bad teams and bad teams like for a goalie, bad teams can be difficult. Sometimes you don't face a lot of rubber and hey, maybe they get a good chance out of nowhere. You're not all that sharp and a couple squeak by and it, it snowballs quickly. Right. But like I, I do. I don't think the Jets envision being down you know, 100 to nothing in shots in that first period. But it was, it was probably good in a way for Brassois to hey, get a bunch of rubber early on and you can kind of work yourself into the game that way. The Kings are very similar in terms of, of how they play to the Carolina Hurricanes. So I, I kind of like, I mean, again, you, you throw Hellebuck against San Jose, you assume that that banks you two points right there. And he's had outstanding games in San Jose on top of that in the past. Um, and then give the backup a shot against a really good team. And then, but that might be a little bit of a, a boost and a spark to the to the rest of the club on the second end of a back to back. I'm okay with that. That's that, that strategy. And I'm, yeah, I'll be maybe a little surprised if they don't go down that road because it worked the last time. Yeah, I, I, and 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 I think there's something to be said for LB going in against a top team, really, with an opportunity to. I mean, listen, he'll know the Kings too. I mean, playing in the Pacific Division last year against the Vegas Golden Knights and. Well, I guess next week, if we're doing on Thursday again, we'll be wrapping this road trip, getting ready for the Jets to start another homestand that following Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche. But in the meantime, uh, we focus in on the Avs tonight for the first time of the year. Uh, 
Logan Stanley's in tonight. Um, and the one thing coming out of the game against the Canes, which was very surprising, and listen, it did seem like he was out there in rotation along with Chisholm and Stanley or Sandberg and the other guys. He actually played like two and a half more minutes at even strength than Dylan Sandberg. And now he's in the game tonight, and it looks like Schmidt and Chisholm are both going to be in the press box. What do you think this is about? I mean, is it a showcase position, considering we're hearing rumors that some GMs have been calling about Logan Stanley? Or did he go in and play well enough to earn the trust of the coach and deserve another game? Yeah, so, and and, and not to be too harsh or anything like that, but the, the Jets aren't icing their best team tonight. Like, they're just not. I mean, Nate Schmidt clearly clears what Logan Stanley's done this season and even the past season. I, I think Chisholm through two games. Uh, I don't even know if it's much of an argument, Huss. I think everyone's liked what Declan Chisholm did, especially against Chicago uh, over the weekend there. The, the only thing that makes sense to me is that it's the classic trade showcase. Other than that, I, I, there's just no argument for it. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to understand it otherwise. So I, I assume that's the case. There's been rumors and rumblings, like you said, that some teams might be interested in potentially making a move. And maybe that's why we're, hey, we've got some scouts coming down here on the West Coast over the next little bit. Like, can you help us out? Other than that, Huss, it it really doesn't make sense to me because, you know, as a coach, your your job, for the most part, especially on a team that's, you know, has intentions on winning and then being a playoff team this year, you, you put your best six defensemen out there and... That's that's not Logan Stanley right now. So the move, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and the only the only way I can glean some kind of logic out of it would be that, you know, a couple teams out there just want to see him in a handful of games before they pull the trigger on a move. But, I mean, that does also make sense, too, because with Hanala at the very least skating, like some something's got to happen. And it's it's got to be two guys, not even not even one. Right, Hus? Like you're. You're at nine NHL defensemen right now that are all in and around the roster, and it's going to have to come to a head, you know, assuming Hanela takes a couple of weeks here to to get fully healthy and ready to go. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, they've been fortunate because the blue line's been healthy all year long. And, I mean, I think that's unrealistic to think that that's going to continue. But as long as it does, it does put them in a bit of a jam. And I think they finally got to the breaking point. We got to get Chisholm in. And I think they felt the same way about Stanley, obviously, now, it could be a little different because we have heard that, you know, GMs are kicking tires on Stan. Like, I do maintain, like, this team, it's very clear that management expects them to make the playoffs and wants to put them in the best position to be able to win series and survive. And with that, you do need a deep group of defensemen that can come in when inevitably guys get hurt, when, it, you know, everything gets ramped up in the playoffs. Like, I think that the organization would be more than happy like, put it this way, if there's one trade deadline target, I think they're looking for a guy that can play top four on the right side. But removing that possibility for the meantime, like, if we were getting close to the playoffs, they would look at all of these players, all nine guys, and Kyle Capobianco as that 10-deep defense core that they want. Here's the thing, though, to your point. You can't have nine defensemen on the roster. Um there are all the players with the exception of Villy are waivers are, are, you know, not waivers exempt. Um, but they want to get Villy Hainala in there. So like if everyone stays healthy, I don't think Villy's going to be back until probably mid January. Like I think he'll, he just skated for the first time. That's going to take a little bit of time. So we'll probably be getting close to Christmas. 
I'm sure he'll play two or three weeks with the Moose to get right back to where hopefully he was in training camp. And then all of a sudden, you've got a real tough decision. We talked about the potential of, you know, waving Nate Schmidt. Not something I think the organization would want to do. I mean, a veteran player that, you know, is popular, has done a lot. But just from an asset management side of things, like, I mean, if you're worried about losing one of these other guys for nothing uh, and you need a spot, I mean, that could be something that they do. I don't think that's likely, Brandon, but um, there's a lot of different ways you can maybe get around this. Bottom line is I think they like having all of these guys with them. They may need them at a certain point, but it's kind of a luxury when you've got every one of your defensemen healthy and uh, you can only play six a night. Yeah, yeah, I, I would love 13 defensemen. That that are good to go, right? But it's not plausible, and and the Jets' defense situation and their logjam is not plausible right now. I mean, I, I just don't know how much more you need to see at this point, right? Like it's just it's it's not going to work here in Winnipeg for for Logan Stanley. I mean, you can make the case he's ninth or tenth on the depth chart right now. Like with how good Kepa Bianco that that you threw in there played last year, a lot of people would put and him is ahead this of year Stanley. too with the Moose. I mean, he is. Yeah. It's great for him, actually, to get a ton of regular playing time after basically eating popcorn for the entire season last year. Yeah, so if he can get a mid-round pick, like, I mean, I don't know what the, you know, the, the trade value is for Logan Stanley at this point, but let's just call it a mid-round pick. If you can get that in, alleviate the logjam a little bit, gives you the opportunity to play maybe Chisholm and Schmidt in a 7D setup, and you get a little more ammo at the trade deadline. Like it, it seems to me like that—that's the the easiest way, the most logical way to solve the logjam problem for now, at least. And then it buys you a bit of time for whenever Hanel is ready to and and, and good to go here. But um, I'm sure we'll though, you know you mentioned that because I'm sort of with you. Like if Stanley gets traded, that's exactly what it's going to be for a mid round pick. And I think if they end up making that trade, like a trade like that, in the next six weeks. I mean, it is only because they feel they're forced into it and, you know, they want to get Hanala in. They don't want to put Chisholm on waivers because they'll lose him. And they're keeping Nate Schmidt around as a guy that probably is still likely number sixth on the depth chart um, despite being in and out. Because, I mean, if this was closer, like if, if this was at the deadline and they were about to expand the rosters, you get closer to the playoffs, I think they'd rather have Logan Stanley in the press box that they can play if they need rather than a fourth-round pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you could at least make the argument that way that, mm. hey, we'll just we'll take the immediate help, potentially the the immediate safety net as opposed to a lottery ticket that's four or five years away. So, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with any of that here, but um, I, I just I can't imagine it goes on much longer than this. Huss. I, I really don't. I mean, there's a bunch of other teams that are banged up on the blue line. They probably want to make a move before the, the holiday roster freeze comes into effect. They could do some of their business a little bit early. It it does kind of feel like the time is now and maybe not too much longer here for the Jets to eventually make that move. Um, But I mean, it's again, you're, you're looking at let's fourth, fifth round pick, whatever it is for a guy that might be 10th on your depth chart organizationally. To to me, it's a bit of a no brainer for the Jets to make that. Even though you invested the first round pick, it's a sunk cost. That doesn't matter anymore make the best of the situation that you have currently. And I think that's how we're going to see this play out. Schickster. What up Schickster? He was there last night. Great to see you. He said, how much does Villy's waiver status hinder his ability to stay with the NHL club, even with his exemplary play leading into the season? I mean, it's significant. Um, And listen, for a guy that got injured, they can go, they can keep him there as long as they want as they figure other things out. 
But Brandon, I mean, the bottom line is, I think if we can take one thing from training camp and what it certainly looked like going into that final regular or final preseason game was that Philly Hanel was going to be in the opening night lineup, was going to be given every opportunity to sort of be there. I don't think that's changed because he got hurt, um, which certainly adds to this conversation about how you kind of figure this out, play guys. But tonight, a big opportunity for Logan Stanley. I'm sure there'll be some nervous fans watching when 64 is out there and Jared Bednar has the last change, um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, listen, I want to hit a couple of other NHL topics with you, but uh, another big piece of business happened Monday morning. We heard about Nino Niederreiter's extension. We talked about that potential. What did you think about the way it worked out? Uh, essentially, the same four million that he's making right now, and just a three-year term on the contract extension with the Jets. Yeah, I, I thought you know Mortal Kombat's flawless victory came to mind there. Like, <laughs> where where's the negative? I don't. I, I I I really can't find one. I mean, when. When we when I talked about this on on skates and plates a few I guess it would have been a few weeks back, you know we kind of figured okay, you know realistic best case scenario, maybe four years probably a bit of a bump on the the current amount that he's making four and a half mil if you're really lucky three years four and a half million per season. So the fact that you you win on term and you win on the dollar amount too. It's it's perfect. It's perfect in every way. I mean, he's exactly what this team has needed forever. He's he's a defensive mastermind in his own half of the ice. He's a five on five demon. Not going to do much for you on the power play, but that's okay. You got a bunch of skilled guys to to do that anyway. And he's either going to turbocharge your third line or be a more than capable second line player. He can even play on the front, right? Like I mean, he's just he's so valuable and. I, I really don't see his game aging all that terribly. And when it's just $4 million a year, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, I really just can't see the, the fault in this one. This is, and, and you can kind of judge by the reaction from like other fans across the league where they're like, why the hell didn't we sign Nino for, for three years, yeah. $4 million? Why didn't we give up a second round pick for him last year? It is the trade and then the, the re-signing. It's it's up. It's got to be top three in, in Chevy's best work. It, it's not going to be the the home run moves like he's made in the past. But just as far as like efficiency and absolutely nailing every aspect of the trade and then the signing, it's I, I got no complaints. I got no notes. Us. No, I, I I'm with you. I mean, I, I really thought that you know the give and take was probably going to be a fourth year. Uh, the three year term works so perfectly for Winnipeg because yeah. over the course of that term. You know, presumably Rucker McGrory will make in the uh, the step into the NHL. You know, a Colby Barlow. I mean, whether it's a Chaz Lucius, a Brad Lambert. And to be honest, I mean, Nino is such a perfect guy to have as a mentor for these young players as well. And listen, there's something to be said for the fact that he got traded here, said he loved it and wanted to stay. And And unlike almost every other player said, it's upon me to go and earn a new contract. I mean... He says all the right things. He does it on the ice. He's fitting in in the community as well. And for a team that has had to battle narratives that maybe aren't true, I think it's another feather in the cap of the organization that uh, he was willing to to stay for that money, that term. And a big part of it is I think the guys right now really have a growing belief that this team can make some noise come playoff time. And uh, he likes it in Winnipeg. That's always a bonus too. I know. I mean, that's it. I, it's it's a it's a flawless deal without the the intangibles that come along with it. 
So when you throw that into the like, it's it's just it's it's perfect. So yeah, I I, I love it. And um, hey, anytime you can get another guy that can come in here and be like, you know, a, a testimonial, an NHL testimonial, if you will, right? Like I came to Winnipeg and I loved it, and you will too, right? Like that's gonna be any, any help we can get when it comes to waving no trades and signing free agents. I'm all for it. Um. Oh, Larry TSG is in the chat. Great to see you last night, Larry, as well. LOL, just four mil. I'll say this. I mean, when a guy that does what Nino does in both ends can play like a demon on that Lowry line and score 20 in his sleep, um, like that's not just the going rate. I think I'll have to ask Murat about this. He's going to come up in a minute. I believe Connor Rabchak was quoting um, in the, in the um, you know, when they kind of, evaluate the players, all of their numbers and all that, and say, what is his value right now? I think the number was $6.7 million based on the NHL, so, like, where things are at right now. So Yeah, hey, if he went to free agency, it would have been four years, five mil, like, minimum, minimum. And so the Jets, you know, chopping off a year, chopping off a mil per season, it's it's masterful work. Um, hey, what uh, what are your expectations for Patrick Kane in Detroit? Zero. I, it's just like Whoa. guys that guys that get hip surgeries. We, we've we've seen that. I know he's, you know, kind of doing the Aaron Rodgers experimental thing, but <laughs> I, I like it, it's just when we saw him last in New York, he he was just a shell of himself, right? And I, I get again, like, you know, he couldn't skate much because of his hip. But man, I when you when you watch guys, even if they have some success after a hip surgery or a hernia surgery or something like that, it, it usually takes them a full year off. And then they're able to have a bit of success. So the fact that he's coming back as quickly as he is, yeah, I'm. I, I just don't really have any expectations for him. Um, I mean, it's kind of a no-risk move for the Red Wings, anyways. Um, probably going to be kind of like what Blake Wheeler is in New York, right? Like a third-line sheltered winger that can run your second power play unit. But it's it's tough. It's tough for anybody to come back from a hip surgery, but. Mid to late thirties, being asked to do that in the fastest the NHL's ever been, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be shocked if he's a a big time performer for for Detroit this year. We were talking about in the lock shop with Nielsen. We were looking at his line. I mean, everyone thinks, oh, his first game, he's going to blow up. He's like minus one eighty seven to get a point. I'm like, what about plus one thirty nine on no points in his first game? I mean, <laughs> do we think he's just going to show up and be the wizard? I don't know. We will see. But uh, bottom line. Big chance tonight for the Winnipeg Jets to uh, see what they can do up against the, uh, you know, the measuring stick in the uh, Central Division. And, you know, Brandon, you know, they've, they're they four back with the game in hand. A win tonight would put them within two and would leapfrog the Dallas Stars, at least temporarily, although Dallas does play Washington tonight after dropping the two games in Florida. Yeah, and Colorado's, they're kind of Edmonton-ish right now. Like, you, you look at their their roster and it's, I mean, they're they're dangerous. Don't get me wrong. And if you're asking me to, you know, how many Western teams are you going to pick before Colorado to win the Stanley Cup? There, there might not be too many before them, but they've been one thousand percent just spearheaded by McKinnon, McCarr, and Ranton in so far this season. And and for me, Kale McCarr is your current Hart Trophy leader right now, ahead of everybody else. The fact that a defenseman's, you know, it's taken twenty three years since one's even been nominated, let alone one, is is crazy to me. Um, but, but like the problem is you could have three guys like that and you, you could win 70% of your hockey game still. Like it's, it's going to be a tough task. And when they get going up in the altitude there, it's, it's a tall order. So 
you know, hopefully the Lowry line's got the oxygen tanks ready because that's, I mean, you, you shut them down, you, you probably skate out with two points. The problem is you probably don't shut them down. So I'll be intrigued to see how it plays out because a lot of the, the bets Colorado made this offseason, Johansson, Druan, Colton's been pretty good for them. But a lot of the bets they made up front to, you know, try to replace the depth that they lost during their cup run, they, they haven't panned out exactly as they would have hoped so far. Be great chatting as always. We'll look forward to uh, new S&P tomorrow. Yes, sir. Breaking down Jets abs. So yeah, we'll get into it. It'll be a late one, but it's all good. Hopefully firing up, talking about a three-game winning streak uh, and uh, heading out to uh, California for the rest of the roadie. Have an awesome weekend. We'll uh, hook up next week. Sounds good. Have a great weekend. Good stuff. There's Brandon Rowicki. And uh, yes, as we mentioned, Jets starting off this four-game road trip right now. Uh, but man, they've got a great homestand coming back when the team returns from California. And the next game up for the homestand is actually also the Colorado Avalanche, a Saturday night game. It's going to be a real fun one. It's a South Asian Heritage Night. Um, but get these t- get your tickets for this next upcoming uh, homestand. The Avs on Saturday night, the Montreal Canadiens on Monday the 18th, Patrick Kane and the Detroit Red Wings on the 20th, and then heading into Christmas, Friday night against the Boston Bruins. Uh, obviously, the Jets have a lot of gift ideas as well. The 48 jerseys are right now. Check the website for uh, all the information at winnipegjets.com slash tickets to count yourself in for one of these four games heading into Christmas. Uh, a big thanks to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, who've been uh, such wonderful sponsors of ours. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, get on down to one of six Vita Health Fresh Market stores. Or, of course, online at myvita.ca. We just finished up Men's Health Month, but men's health is a priority and should be 12 months a year. Pop by Vita Health and check out the full Prairie Naturals line of supplements, Canada's number one line of uh, number one men's health brand, uh, helping men address challenges with prostate health, andropause, low libido, testosterone, stress, male energy, and performance. And, of course, when you're shopping at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936, with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. Vita Health, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Big thanks to our friends at Wallace & Wallace as well. You know, they're the fencing experts in town. You've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. What you might not know is they're also the leader in overhead doors. Uh, as the Clopay dealer with the largest selection of overhead doors in town. They also help you make sure that thing gets through the winter. And that overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer and fall, but it's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. And uh, just before we bring in Marat, the holidays are here. We saw some wonderful outfits last night. As they say, Gregory was killing it. Candace and Tristan get the award for best dressed. And if you want to be in the mix for best dressed, head on down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And guys, 
feel free to maybe suggest to that special someone that you wouldn't mind an F Apparel gift card for Christmas. And then uh, you can head in and get a great new look, custom made to fit and look great for 2024. Pop down and see him, 190 Smith Street downtown, and gift cards, appointments, and much more available on their website. Check them out at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. All right. I think we've got Murat like in the studio or something like that. A very interesting background. Let's bring in Murat Atesh right now from The Athletic. What's going on? Hey, Huss. How you doing? I'm doing well. We're uh, The good vibes are around. Raised a bunch of money for the cheerboard last night. Had a great turnout for the par for a little holiday gathering. And uh, now we got a big, big game tonight that uh, everyone was talking about last night as we looked ahead to a uh, puck drop tonight in Denver. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm a little annoyed with you for, I think this is, you You had multiple amazing community events and you always schedule them for when I'm awake. And I, 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 actually, yeah, I, I'm, I have a little beef, but good on you. I saw some pics. It looked like everybody had a great time. Uh, wish I was there. Um, I'm in LA in advance of the, the California games coming up. So um, getting set for the Colorado game tonight, looking at Kel McCarr's return to the Avalanche lineup, some pretty heavy hitters in the lineup for Colorado tonight. Uh, it's going to be a tough test and another long line of tough tests for the Jets. Hey, listen, just before we dive into this game, Jets roster, the Avalanche, um, I was just kind of finishing up with Brandon hitting on the Nino deal. I know you've written about it, but um, just for our listeners, um, uh, how big of a win was this for the Winnipeg Jets to get it done at the money and maybe most importantly the term that seems to fit so well with where the organization might be with more younger players coming in to both learn from Nino, be mentored, and maybe take over that spot at the end of the uh, contract that he just signed? Yeah, for me, the Nino Niederreiter deal was always going to be about term. Uh, 4.0 million, great AAV. That's a great value for him. I actually heard him on on CJOB the other day talking about his perception of the free agent market. He didn't seem to have a great time of it the first time around. And, and I think that security and his love of Winnipeg played a big role. But for me, when you see a player that's as hard-nosed as he is, when he gets to the front of the net as repeatedly as he does, I mean, he's on pace for 20 goals from about two feet from the crease. Uh, when he's got that commitment to the back check just the other night in Winnipeg, um, he beats out an icing at one end of the rink, puck goes out the other way. He's the first forward back, tracks back all the way to the far post. This guy has hard miles on him. He plays the right way. And I don't, if I'm the Winnipeg Jets, I don't want to pay him an eight-year contract extension until his late 30s. The idea that he'll be getting out of this next deal, at, I think he'll be 34 at the end of that season, is for me a perfect situation term-wise for the Winnipeg Jets because he's an ideal fit. And you just want to be sure before you go into that mid-30s era with him uh, that he's still able to do what he's been doing so well for the Jets right now. You know, and, and we were kind of singing his praises of what he does in so many aspects off the ice as well. The fact that, you know, he's a seven-time 20-goal scorer and projects to do that again this year. I think it was the athletic, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I mean, those numbers, when you put all that in together the value of what he's delivering to the Winnipeg Jets by the calculations far exceeds the check that they're cutting, uh, Nino. Yeah, that's true. That is from The Athletic. That's from Dom Lustician's player cards. 
And look, like he's not just the 20 goals a year that he seems to score like clockwork. When you see a guy forecheck that well, keep the puck in the offensive zone like he does with that Adam Lowry line. And when you see him back check so well, I mean, the reason Winnipeg went out and got a player like this was they were loaded in high skill. They needed to be harder to play against. And he fit those bills for him. That comes with a substantial defensive um, rating as well. If you go into the analytics, his isolated impacts on how well Winnipeg plays defense when he's on the ice, that has tremendous value. Put that together with the offense, and Dom Luschichen's model spits out $6.7 million in market value for this player right now. To pay him four now and to know that it's going to be four in the future, sure, he may not always, I mean, you know, at 33 years old, he might not be on pace for 20 goals. The analytics might erode a tiny bit, but this is a value contract for the Winnipeg Jets and a perfect fit for the person and player. Yeah, and uh, I think everyone's pretty pumped to have the uh, the Swiss native around for three more years. Um, and I guess at some point we'll start talking about, you know, the contracts on the blue line that are expiring, Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dillon. Um, but the whole other conversation around the blue line is who's in the lineup and how they handle things when Vili Hainala gets back. Um, to start off that part of the discussion, Marat, Let's go back to Monday against the Canes. Um, they went 11-7. and seven. Logan Stanley came into the lineup as well, and Declan Chisholm. And uh, the most surprising thing, like it wasn't like he wasn't out there. We saw all those players play and get ice time. Logan Stanley actually played more than Sandberg did, and two, two and a half minutes more at even strength. That, I think, was maybe a little bit of a surprise. And now Stanley's back in the lineup tonight, while Chisholm and Schmidt are in the press box. Um, there has been rumors uh, reported by Bruce Garriock in Ottawa that GMs are kicking tires on Logan Stanley. What do you make of this? Is this just time for him to get in the lineup? He played well enough to stay in? Or is there an element of showcasing a player for a potential deal um, that gets him in the lineup against a pretty high-octane avalanche squad tonight? Yeah, that's an interesting one for me. If you have interest in Logan Stanley and you've paid attention to him for years, you know the draft day deal, you know the pedigree, you you watched him for the moose. Um, like NHL teams do that level of homework on these players. So I'm not sure what's going to happen this week that's going to completely change the narrative on the player. But I guess my point is, if you see a player like Stanley, six foot seven, you you see him move, you see the way he skates, he can transition the puck pretty well when he's got the puck on his stick, um, and you see that he's not getting in the lineup, absolutely you make calls. Like, that makes sense to me. Winnipeg has done it about other players on other teams. Other teams do it uh, about Jets players. If you see those sorts of situations, you, you call about it, you ask. And I think that the question is, how badly, you know, if those rumors are real, how badly is Ottawa interested? And, you know, will they be willing to part with legitimate assets? Or, um, you know, is this just one of those common discussions that comes up over the course of the year and, and Logan Stanley getting in the lineup has nothing to do with it? I will say, uh, Scott Arneal was talking about it just a couple of weeks ago. He wanted to get him into the lineup. He wanted to get Declan Chisholm playing time as well. This has been an item of discussion for longer than these rumors have existed. Um, I'll also say that, you know, Nate Schmidt coming in and out of the lineup, that's not a, a brand new thing. Uh, so I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm, I'm not 100% sold on the showcase idea. Um, but then you, you, you look and you see that he had something like 30% of on-ice shot attempts uh, enjoyed against Carolina the other night. And 
Chisholm and Sandberg came off looking better numbers wise and things like that, you know, maybe the Jets looked at how well he moved because he was skating really well out there. Honestly, when he was transitioning, it looked good. Maybe they wanted to see more of that, give him some, some more runway. I'm just not sure that you would make the argument that he's clear cut ahead of the guys that he could be, that he's taking minutes from. Well, and the one thing that I, I threw it to Brandon, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. I mean, we know how important it is to have a deep depth chart come playoff time on the blue line with guys that are able to play that aren't in the lineup if you're healthy because you know that doesn't that last if you're going to try to go through the gauntlet that is four rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and I certainly maintain that while Stan's probably not a top six defenseman right now if everyone's healthy, looking ahead to post-trade deadline, if the return for Logan Stanley is a middle-round draft pick, I think they would far rather have him as an insurance policy than a fourth-rounder. The problem is right now, things are going to get real complicated when Vili Hanela comes back and all of a sudden there's nine guys and Vili's the only one that's waivers exempt and they want to play him. Yeah, I, I side with you on that. If you're the Winnipeg Jets and you're sizing up a playoff run and you believe you can make one, you look at history and then teams that go deep, they'll run nine or ten D by the end of the by the end of a competitive playoff run. You're not going to be wanting to give away a guy that you've invested in for so long for nothing. Um, you know, like there are people in the organization who who really believe in this guy. And I think giving him away for anything less than, you know, a, a really positive return wouldn't make sense from the Jets' perspective. He's 25 years old. He makes $1 million this year. His contract ends in restricted free agency status. Like, the Jets have control over this player or whatever he is. And if you're looking at the blue line this year, I hear all the fans complain, oh, hey, Nate Schmidt makes how much money? He's a third-pairing defenseman. Well, wouldn't you want to have at least the option of a six, seven, eight D at one one point oh million or that sort of range going forward into the future? There's some there's some nice things about that if you're the Winnipeg Jets at that sort of edge of roster level player. Um, so for me, it's not as cut and dry as like, oh, hey, there's a lot of defensemen they've got to get rid of somebody. Um, even on the Hanela front, he's going to get healthy. Yes, what level will he return to immediately? We're we're not sure. Um, he's waivers exempt, so they could give him a conditioning. Well, I mean, they could just assign him to the moose for as long as they like sort of kicking the can of that problem a little bit down the road until he's excelling all over again. And as we've seen watching Winnipeg Jets hockey, watching NHL hockey for years, guys do get hurt. Stuff happens. So a problem that's a problem, you know, four weeks from now, isn't always one that you actually have to solve proactively with the roster move. Um, so, I, I tend to play the more patient. I'm not sure what's happening on this front approach to the Jets D situation. All right. Um, Murat, focusing on a tonight's game, um, we're going to see the top six of Connor Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers. And then Gabriel Velarde and Alex, I follow along with Cole Perfetti. I want to start off with the top line because we've seen that line together uh, at times for a period. Um, I wasn't entirely convinced when they first got together that they were going to be long, but it seems like Rick Bonus is committed to giving these guys a run of games. And to be honest, from my eyes, they seem to be getting better and more comfortable with each other game by game by game. And man, they had a couple beauties in that win over Carolina. Um, what are you seeing from Ehlers along with Connor and Shifley? And uh, does this unit have staying power in your mind? You know, uh, it's funny. It's been it's been a three-step program almost for those guys. The 
the night that they were put together, first shift, uh, Ehlers goes offside, or maybe it was his stick handle that put somebody else offside on their very first uh, zone entry attempt. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, the the rumors of Ehlers playing jazz out there are are true. You know, like he's, he can be a bit tough to predict what's going to happen here. Well, by the end of that game, he's making boards to boards passes, cross seams for Mark Shifley, who's then stepping around defensemen and you're, and you, you see, you see the potential of what they can become. Um, a couple games ago in Winnipeg, Ehlers produces offense again, but is also making some curious giveaways and, and it's just a mixed bag. And I think, and you know, because he has the puck so often, I'm using him as a symbol for the line. Um, and you know, I asked Rick bonus about it after the game, which, which is the real guy. I mean, he, he, he's scoring, he's producing offense and every once in a while there's a head scratcher and, he basically said, well, yeah, that's that's both him. I mean, that's the, the player that uh, that we've got right now. And then last game, not only did they get the highlight reel goal, um, and yes, the Jets were buried in the first period and the shot metrics don't look good, but the chemistry is clearly building with those guys. And I think that they have earned the runway that they're getting. That goal was certainly a huge part of it. Ehlers deliberately staying high above the two defenders that were in the slot because he knows that Mark Shifley is going to make that low to high pass for him. That's a read. That's an understanding of what pass Shifley wants to make and what the most dangerous spot on the ice is before that laser beam of a wrist shot. So they're finding things. They're cooking a little bit. And, you know, I'm definitely curious to see what they do next. What about line two? I mean, I know Gabriel Vlari's only been back for a few games. He's now playing with Ayafalo and Perfetti. Perfetti's been so productive and you know the the what's between his ears seems to show more and more each and every game um i'll ask you the same thing what have you thought about those guys in the limited time they've been and uh, been together and uh might that line be together kind of longer than maybe some expected when they first uh, were put together you know for me i'm still i still feel mixed about that that trio and the the strengths are clear it's hockey iq it's the fact that Perfetti and Velarde are both guys who read defenses really well. They're, they're both guys with their head on a swivel who know where everybody is on the ice at any given moment. And if you put the puck on their stick, they're going to do something proactive and positive with it because they basically know the lay of the land already when they make the receipt of the pass. I like that. And I like Alex Iafalo's hardworking energy. I like the way that he seems to be able to play with anybody. I'm a little bit nervous about the foot speed on that line. Um, just because Velarde is less of a burner, especially now, I'm, I'm sure he'll he's getting back up to game speed even as we watch. So I don't know if I want Cole Perfetti on a line where um, where he's where he's not surrounded by, I guess that that elite speed that Winnipeg has to offer on other uh, on other combinations. Uh, part of me, so I'm I'm wondering. Like I have patience for that. I want to see it. I want to see the reads that they make, the plays that they make. Uh, Velarde, all three of those players are smart at at both blue lines. So you can believe in their ability to make the exits, make the entries, do the little things that add up to scoring chances in the end. Uh, but I do worry about the foot speed. And since Winnipeg's got so much great skating on its roster, I wonder if, uh, if there are other options there. Yeah. the uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I- I'm fully here for Ehlers with the, uh, with the big boys up top. But there was part of me that didn't like to see Ehlers and Perfetti split up because I really thought that much like we're seeing Ehlers sort of click a little bit more with those guys that was happening on line two while getting first line production from Sean Connor and Shifley with a different winger. And I'm not sure that, 
I mean, we'll see over the course of these next few games, I guess, whether the production is greater than it was before, um, because there are a, you know, a number of different ways that Rick Bonus and his staff can configure these top lines. You know Connor and Shifley are going to be together. You know Perfetti's going to be a big part of line two. Um, but there was something that, I mean, the numbers say all you need to know about how Ehlers and Perfetti were clicking together over a pretty significant period of time. Yeah, I mean, I saw Scott Wheeler of The Athletic post this, and, you know, I, I think it's Cole Perfetti scoring at a 70-point at a rate or something like that based on his 5-on-5 scoring per minute of ice time, and nobody who's scored above 70 points has ever played as low as, as Perfetti does. Uh, I, I got to get that straight. I got to find the tweet before I'm just quoting it thoughtlessly like this. But uh, the the idea is that based on the minutes they were getting, they were just incredibly productive. And Perfetti was a, a real driving force of that. You you love to see it. I, I really think that that's, that's key. But I think about the Jets on this road trip and that Shifley line, whether Winnipeg likes it or not, you know, the home coaches are going to be able to get their matchups against the Shifley line. And that's defense, uh, defense pairs as well as the forwards they play against. That's a given. And if Winnipeg has one other major tenet, it's that Adam Lowry's line is going to get as much tough competition as the coaches can give them. So I think that part of a recovering Velarde being alongside Perfetti and, and I follow on that line is a little bit of, we've got our two big rocks, line one and line two being the checking line of Adam Lowry. And this other line is going to get a mixed bag of minutes. It's sort of where we're putting our, um, our, our third most amount of effort in terms of line matching for, I would imagine. And, you know, ideally they get some soft minutes, but bonus won't be able to control everything. And I think that lines one and, and Adam, and Adam Lowry's liner are the staples. Pardon me. Um, you know, we don't spend a lot of time talking about the fourth line. But um, I, I had a funny conversation with someone that I'm close to that I think normally has great takes, and they weren't that high on Morgan Barron. And I was a little surprised. I mean, I was kind of talking about, you know, what he's done on the PK. I think he's got four goals on the season so far. Um, and then we kind of moved on. We got talking about all of the, you know, the players right now with Kapari out that are in. And it's been interesting. At one point, Gustafsson was out of the lineup, and Axel Janssen Fialbi had, you know, was the eleventh forward in an eleven-seven scenario. Um, what do you think about the fourth line where they're at right now? And you know, if there was a pecking order, um, is 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 Axel above Gustafsson right now because of the PK? Although Gus certainly, all three of those players have a pretty important job when it comes to p- killing penalties, which does seem to be improving right now for Winnipeg. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, I tend to look at sort of first one cut, first one backup. I, I kind of look at those things as signs of what the pecking order would be. So, you know, I would have Morgan Barron uh, above both players. You saw Gus come out of the lineup at times, so I'd have him next. Jonsen Fialbi to go to the Moose and back, I would have him kind of after that. I don't think that's changed, but maybe it has based on, for example, the PK has skyrocketed all the way to, I think it's 22nd in the league right now or something to that effect um, from, from the seller. Uh, so, you know, maybe there, maybe that would keep a, a player like that in the lineup, you know, maybe, maybe bonus and company are missing the main Alanins and Stenlins of the world thinking that, uh, that the PK was uh, dependent on them. I'm not sure. Um, for me and Morgan Barron, I have him above those guys because for whatever reason, even though he's only got 
I think it was November 14th was his last point. Is that, is that right? And he had two, uh, two points in the, in the month of November. Oh, pardon me. He scored against Chicago. I was overlooking that in, entirely. Um, but uh, the production really isn't there. I continue to look at the way he can sort of bulldog up and down the boards and win his battles and things like that. And I see a player that can be more than a fourth liner there, or at least I see a player who can be a really darned good fourth liner at minimum. So you might want more results and there are plays that die and all that sort of stuff. But I, I continue to think that that should be a, a source of strength for the Jets, Baron included in that. Marat, let's uh, focus in on tonight's tilt. And, you know, we, uh, you know, on the program, and I think just talking with fans, there was a lot of excitement over the two Dallas games that were here that the Jets both lost. And kind of different games, but, I mean, the last one, and I've said this a number of times on the show, I heard Brendan Dillon doing an interview on OB on the pregame show, mentioning how, you know, hey, we can skate with the younger, faster teams and win those games. And, you know, we've got to be able to win the, the boring games against teams like Dallas. And then certainly we had a bit of a, a bit of a dull game that really turned on those five on threes, a very different challenge. Um, you're still going up against one of the, uh, the other top team in the division. Uh, but I imagine this will look nothing like a game against the Dallas stars uh, map out the challenge for Winnipeg as they go up against the first place team in the central tonight with the opportunity to get within one game of the Colorado Avalanche and have a game in hand. Yeah, I mean, it's an enormous opportunity and it comes with the great challenge where Colorado has Kale McCarr returning to the lineup. They have Nathan McKinnon in the lineup. They have all kinds of speed up and down that lineup, including the defense core. They basically pioneered having the defenseman jump into the play uh, on all three pairs most of the time. I mean, it's not just the Roman Yossi's and the Kale McCars of the world. It's, it's everybody. Um, so Colorado will have that second wave of attack. They will have speed. They have a Ranton insight player who can, uh, who can bring skill and size and strength and kind of play any which way, which is a challenge for Winnipeg's defense. So in a way, when Colorado's on its game, it's as if Winnipeg's playing the high speed of the Edmonton Oilers and the patience and counterattacking of the Dallas Stars at the same time. Uh, not to give the Avalanche too much credit, but they're leading the division for a reason. They can beat teams in all sorts of different ways. And with those guys in the lineup, there's going to be tremendous second waves of attack. There's going to be a lot of speed, a lot of counter. Winnipeg's going to have to be able to pick its spots because the Jets have succeeded with stretch passes. They've succeeded with quick transition from defense to offense. But when they get carried away with, you know, lateral passes in the neutral zone and passes to nowhere and things like that, they can be burnt and Colorado's good enough to do it to them. Well, and, and you know, I mean, it's all hands on deck for a game like this. And, and listen, this is part of, I think, why some are somewhat concerned that Stan is in the game tonight uh, is because, you know, you're not going to have that last change and it becomes a lot harder to quote-unquote shelter that third pairing when the opposition has the uh, has that last change. So we'll see how that kind of plays. I have no doubt that the team's going to be ready to go for tonight and looking forward to the opportunity to see what they can do against Colorado on the road and then, of course, host Colorado a week Saturday when they return to kick off that big four-game homestand heading into the Christmas season. I wanted to ask you about the Central Division, though, overall. I mean, when you look right now at the standings in the West, um, you know, the Winnipeg Jets are two points up on the Coyotes, who have won five in a row. They've got Philly at home tonight. 
St. Louis, despite their loss last night, has played quite well as of late, kind of gotten over that hump. Both wildcard teams are in the central right now. I'm not sure any of us really thought of that at the start of the year. I mean, are you sold that the Blues and Coyotes in particular, and maybe we'll throw Nashville in, who are 8-2 and two in their last 10, um, you know, will, what are the chances you think that five teams from the central will be playoff teams at the end of the year? Considering, I think, most people thought that if anything, five teams might be coming out of the Pacific. Yeah, I think... You know, with respect to the Blues and the Coyotes, I think that the story of whether they hold on to the wild card or not is going to be more about if teams in the Pacific can can turn things on. Can Edmonton, who's also won five games in a row, make themselves relevant again despite their horrible start? Can Seattle and Calgary catch fire? Those are teams that I think heading into the season that you'd expect for more quality from them than the Coyotes or, or Blues. And even as I say that, I, I believe both of those teams were on my teams that might improve this season list at the Athletic. Arizona, its depth is respectable. Its young, its young enthusiasm is exciting to watch. Uh, St. Louis, I think Bennington just last year was one of the worst goaltenders percentage-wise that existed. And I, I don't rate him as an elite goalie anymore, but I just wasn't expecting the Blues goaltending to be quite so porous. Uh, so there were reasons to think that they weren't kind of out of relevance yet. I'm personally still skeptical about their ability to stay on it heading into the second half of the season. Coyotes included, um, as some of these more veteran teams uh, get their get their legs under them. You just mentioned Bennington. Uh, I, I did want to bring this up to you, and I mean it is a fun conversation right now. Board of Governors met. What was it yesterday? And it sounds like we're going to have a best-on-best four-team tournament next year with Canada, the States, Finland, and Sweden. And at the party last night, we inevitably got talking about the goaltending situation for Canada and comparing it to the other teams in the mix right now. Like, thank God this tournament isn't happening this year, although I think we'd all love to see it. But from your perspective, like, who's even in the mix to be the Canadian goaltender when we're looking across at Hellebuck and Ottinger and Soros and the Swedish goaltenders. um, It just seems like there's so much talent with all these other teams, and that is such a red flag right now for Team Canada. And I, It doesn't really look like it's realistic to think that that is going to significantly change in the next year. Yeah, it's a bit devastating. It's a bit it's a bit frustrating to be just a pure Canadian hockey fan and you grow up at least my generation, right? You you could always count on Patrick Waugh or Martin Brodeur or Curtis Joseph or it goes on like um, the province of Quebec generally outperformed other countries as a general rule and like Roberto Luongo over so many years. And now when you ask me that question, Hustler, you want you want to know what I did is I googled goaltenders from Canada hoping that there's somebody I'm forgetting because like I put the, I put the same thought out on Twitter when, uh, when Hellebuck and Ottinger were playing against each other, two great American goalies the other day. And, you know, people were suggesting, well, Hey, Biddington can do it. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't believe that in my, in my heart of hearts, that doesn't give me any confidence. So, I mean, I don't know that Stuart Skidder's ready yet. Kemper, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Joel Hofer. That would be nice, but I think that's not, that's just, worlds away so i i mean i might suggest mackenzie blackwood or tristan jari is as uh, as capable aiden hills had success in in vegas 
it's not as though Canada isn't producing goaltenders, but every single one of the names that I mentioned, while there are reasons to believe in them, also comes with question marks. And in in my guts, my goaltending analysis just goes to how scared I am when when things happen. I would be a little bit scared entering that tournament about Canada's goaltending unless something changes. Yeah, I mean, uh, Carter Hart's a guy that, you know, has been mentioned. Um, and yeah. you, know, you talked about Jari. He's actually had some some moments. Someone mentioned Sam Montembeau. And, I mean, if we're talking about Sam Montembeau being in on Canada's team, I mean, put it this way, the big boys up front better be ready to light that lamp early and often to, uh, to go. But I'm here for it, man. I mean, we want to see Crosby in – McDavid play together against Matthews and Eichel and uh, obviously the incredibly talented Scandinavian teams. And and let's just all hope that this does lead to the 2026 Olympics with full participation in a true best-on-best tournament like hockey fans around the world deserve. Hey, before we go, you mentioned you were down in L.A. Um, have you been going to some of the hot restaurants around? And did you happen to run into one Pierre-Luc Dubois who's on a 40-point pace this season? <laughs> you know, I, I haven't made it out into the wilds. I haven't been to Nobu. I haven't been to the, the sushi hotspots or, or any of these things yet. Just got in yesterday. And, um, you know, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what what we can what we can see from, from the road. But, yeah, it's funny watching those headlines go around Los Angeles media being like, hey, uh, is, is Pierre-Luc Dubois all in or, or what have you? I, I've seen some criticism of his game so far. And it's interesting. I can't wait to actually get my own eyeballs on it because the Kings are a very good hockey team. Oh. <laughs> like uh, it, they might not have as much regret as everybody thinks that they do, whether his report, whether he's performing particularly well or not, because that's a that's a wagon of a team in a lot of ways. Well, it, it absolutely is. And I mean, Quinton Byfield has taken a massive step forward as an impact player in the top well, on the top line right now, playing with Kopitar and Kempe. And uh, they're still sort of waiting for uh, for PLD to really turn into that guy uh, that's earning the big check that he's getting for the next eight years in Los Angeles. Well, we'll see the Kings next week as the Jets finish up the road trip. But first up, it's the Avalanche tonight, Marat. Enjoy your time down in sunny California. We'll look forward to all of your uh, reporting on the Winnipeg Jets as they get to Anaheim, San Jose, and L.A. next week. And... Uh, Looking forward to uh, chatting with you after the trip. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, Huss. Good stuff. There's Murat Atesh. You should be subscribing to The Athletic and reading all of Murat's work. And uh, make sure to follow him on X as well, at WPG Murat. Um, let me give a big thanks to our friends at uh, Princess Auto. We all know how popular Princess Auto is with uh, people that love to do projects, fix things. Um, I mean, Princess Auto, ever since they came on board with us, we hear over and over again, that is my favorite store. Well, the holidays are here, and, uh, you know, there's some incredible gift ideas for the one in your family that, um, you know, has projects going on, starting something new. Well, you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete those projects on your list or start something new at Princess Auto, pop by and see for yourself with two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road and Portage Avenue West. And uh, maybe the best way to do it, if you want to maybe give a gentle nudge of something that you'd like to get under the tree, is check out everything that we've got going on at princessauto.com, where you can shop online 24-7, 365. Speaking of Christmas shopping, going to be a busy weekend coming up at Royal Sports 
because Royal Sports is the place where you can go and literally take care of the majority of your Christmas shopping in one place if you've got a lot of sports fans in your circle. Uh, thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, all the jerseys, including, of course, the beautiful new 48s, customized with your favorite player on them, um, a great bomber selection, as well as the NFL Major League Baseball. Fingers crossed we'll be able to get some Otani Jays jerseys next week. We'll hit that as well before the end of the program. Uh, Raptors in the NBA, international soccer. And when it comes to getting out on the ice, Royal Sports is the hockey superstore for over 40 years. And some really cool gift ideas on the King's Skate Snow and Surf side. See it for yourself, 750 Pemina Highway, just in time for the holidays. And give them a follow on Instagram, uh, at Royal Sports Pemina, for the latest merchandise drops, sale information, and great holiday gift ideas. And uh, BP's going to be rocking tonight. You know, the IC guys are hitting on location over to the Taylor location. Might pop by and see what they've got going on. Of course, a huge thanks to Boston Pizza for those amazing pies they delivered to us last night. A little brown jug for our holiday party. Uh, my personal favorite was the Meteor. Did have a great Canadian. <clears throat> but um, there's always a delicious pizza waiting for you at BP, along with ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, and the big game on the big screen. We'll shelter our eyes from the Steelers and Patriots tonight and focus in on the Jets at 8 p.m. at your local Boston Pizza. And, of course, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, really excited about this next bit. Um, We are, listen, we focus so much on our pro teams um, because, I mean, listen, that is what people want to do. But as a daily show here, and, you know, in a lot of ways, the show a record in Winnipeg, um, we wanted to reach out and do a little bit more with grassroots sport. And we are so pleased to team up with our friends at uh, Sport Manitoba, supported by the great people at Manitoba and Liquor and Lotteries with our It Takes a Community to Play series, where we're going to be bringing on some special guests from a variety of of uh, parts of the Sport Manitoba family to talk about opportunities to get involved in coaching, officiating, volunteering, and upcoming events. And for the first time today, we kick off It Takes a Community to Play with Susan Lambu, the coaching manager from Sport Manitoba. All right, we're really excited to uh, introduce a new segment on the program today involving grassroots sports and how WST listeners can get involved in uh, events as well as coaching opportunities and the support of the sports that happen at a grassroots level. Uh, it takes a community to play, and there's all sorts of ways that you can get involved. And uh, we're going to learn a little bit more on the coaching side of things today with Susan Lambu, who is the uh, Director of Coaching for Sport Manitoba. And, of course, uh, when we do these events in conjunction with Sport Manitoba, we're greatly appreciative of the support from Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries, making it all happen. And... Uh, Let's welcome in Susan Lambu from Sport Manitoba, the coaching side of things. Susan, it's great to have you on Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? I am very good. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it, it's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I, I was saying to uh, to you uh, off air, I mean, um, you know, in a nature like a show like this, obviously we're kind of going up and down with the minutia of many of the pro teams. But, um, I mean, listen, whether you're a casual listener or someone that's with us every day, I mean, sport is such a big part of people's lives. And, 
you know, it's one thing to watch the pros do it, but I mean, sport is as far as our community goes, um, is so important to so many. And um, these games really don't happen without people like coaches and officials um, before we even you know, drop the puck or, uh, you know, tip off, if you will. Exactly. Like without coaches and officials donating and volunteering their time, things would not happen for our athletes. Uh, I think that goes without saying. Let me ask you, I mean, how, um, I would imagine that in your role of Sport Manitoba, you had been coaching um, before you were sort of in charge of all the coaches. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up here with uh, such an important role connecting with coaches from uh, across the sport landscape. Sure. Um, so my passion is Special Olympics, and I've been coaching with Special Olympics for over 30 years. But I've also coached high school sport with my children. I have two children, so I followed them throughout their progress. Coached mini soccer, coached rally caps and baseball, and uh, a variety of different th- things throughout my life as well. So it's been a, a great journey. Well, and, and um, you know, it's interesting because often and take something like Special Olympics, for example. I mean, people get involved, to, um, you know, to, to help out and be part of an amazing program. Uh, and it can take you far, including places like Germany. I mean, uh, just quickly tell us about being part of that uh, the Special Olympics World Games and what a, I would imagine that must be a career highlight of yours. It absolutely was. I was able to be chef uh, admissions for Team Canada this past year and got to go to Berlin, Germany for the World Games, Summer Games. And it was absolutely an experience of a lifetime to be able to see the athletes who've trained so hard and the coaches that have trained them so hard be able to just see the absolute joy and um, kind of all their hard work come to fruition. It was amazing. You know, um, uh, you know, whether we're talking about special O, whether we're talking about the highest performance hockey, whether we're talking about, you know, initiation programs in racket sports, there are so many coaches. Give us a little bit of a scope of the amount of people that are registered coaches uh, under the umbrella of Sport Manitoba helping put the games on here in the province. Wow. Um, really, we probably don't capture everyone, but we have like 16,000 coaches that dedicate their time, and most of them are volunteers. So the countless hours that they put on, put in on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis to be able to train our athletes, to give the athletes the benefits of sport, because we all know how, you know, kind of beneficial sport is, and um, the volunteers that put their time into um, training the athletes is incredible. Uh, you know, and it, it really is mutually beneficial and rewarding for the coaches as well. Um, but, you know, there is time and, and, and sometimes it just takes people to either get a push, an opportunity to go in. I, I'm hoping that there'll be some people that are watching or listening to this that have thought about this that, you know, might find more information uh, about getting involved in a sport they like and uh, and helping on that grassroots level. I mean, simply regardless of sport, how do how does one kind of take that first step to get involved in being a coach? So there's a few ways that you can do this. You can either contact us at Sport Manitoba Coaching and let us know what sport you might be interested in, and then we connect you directly with the people that can get you involved. Um, or you can even contact your local sport association if you're, you know, in the rural areas and you have like a local community club or rec, um, rec program. You can contact them and say, "Hey, I want to start coaching. What do I have to do?" And then we can lay out the different steps that you can 
and truly anyone can coach. There's tons of supports there for you. And um, if you've ever had a thought that you might want to coach, please step, kind of join in and, and we, we're there to support you. I mean, the games really don't happen if there's not people to uh, help the young athlete get started and, uh, and get out on it. And I uh, mean, the coaches are coaches and officials. I mean, that's uh, that who makes it all happen. Tell us about the respect and respect in sport programs, because I know that is something that, you know, if you haven't been involved, you've heard about this. I mean, in different uh, different sports itself, introducing um, programs from a coaching standpoint, what um, what do coaches learn about and what should people know about respect and sport programs that are involved in our games? So respect and sport uh, for Manitoba has been a mandatory program for all coaches to take within Manitoba since 20, 2007. And really it provides tools for coaches to recognize if there's harassment or bullying when in amongst their teams or anything like that. Or just a reminder of kind of the importance you play in an athlete's life and kind of the the different you know things that you can do to make sure that it's a safe and enjoyable uh program for all your athletes and obviously all that information's up at uh, the sport manitoba website as well now I, I think we're talking about opening the doors to new coaches to get involved in particular sports and start that journey um Tell us about the national coaching certification programs because a lot of incredible, you know, people that coach for decades start like this and go through these programs and, um, you know, obviously, you know, end up coaching at a very, very high level. Yeah, you definitely don't have to be an expert by any means in what you're coaching to begin with. There is training through the National Coaching Certification Program with Coaching Association of Canada that provides you with the tools and, again, the technique and the technical expertise that you need to be able to understand what you need to teach to your coaches. That is all there for you. Um, and with Sport Manitoba, we have some grants to help make sure that it is accessible um, uh, cost-wise. And a lot of things are now offered online. So it is very accessible to all coaches. You know, as uh as sport grows, and I mean, over the last number of decades, uh, participation um, of women in sport continues to grow. Uh, tell us about the female mentorship program and, um, and how much of a priority is it from a Sport Manitoba side to get more women involved, not just in playing games, but as being coaches? Um, it is crucial, right? We all know that coaches are needed. And that's on the female side as well. It just brings a, another dynamic. And it's really one of those things where um, young females coming up through the sports system, you know, being able to see someone like themselves is, is super important. So we have this female mentorship program. It isn't sports specific, but it really provides you, you know, an up and coming uh, coach. We provide you with an established coach that has been around uh, for a long time, have a lot of expertise um, to help guide you through the system, kind of be that support network for you. And then we create that community of practice where we're there to support one another. Uh, it is, uh, I mean, it, it is great to see and great to hear of. And I guess there's some other really unique programs. I mean, the Aboriginal Apprenticeship Program. And, and I know women in coaching for the Canada Games is something that probably ties in very closely with the Female Mentorship Program. Very much. And actually, right now, the Women in Coaching and the Aboriginal Apprentice Program for Canada Games, there is an open call right now out there. And what that is, is if you're interested in ever coaching at Canada Games, if you haven't been before, 
you can possibly go to Canada Games this year without all of the training that's, that's needed to coach at a Canada Games. I would just contact the provincial sport organization that you're interested in coaching with and touch base with them and say you'd like to put your name in. And then it's just a bit of a process and then you get fully embedded within that team to be able to go to the Canada Games. You know, in Canada Games, just on a side, I mean, what a phenomenal event that is. And that, and that I think, for for many athletes that never really graduate to, a, you know, the highest level or continue, you know, once they're out of their teenage years, will look back at Canada Games as uh, maybe the most significant and fun event of their, you know, younger sporting lives. It is one of the largest multi-sport games that you'll have in Canada. And it is... Again, the opening ceremonies is just one of those things that is a highlight a lot of people's lives. And again, they're training so hard. And this is sometimes the peak of where where someone gets to. And it shows that you're the best in Canada, which is incredible. And it's just such an opportunity for the athletes, but also for coaches as well. Susan Lambu is the uh, coaching manager for Sport Manitoba and is with us on our It Takes a Community to Play segment brought to you by uh, Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. Uh, there are other um, programs, I guess, and, and, and resources um, that you might want to mention if you can, for particularly for women, but women to watch grants, but also things like coaching bursaries, um, as well as coach and official assistance grants. Um, tell us about the reasons why those are put into place and, and what they do to help continually uh, develop great coaches and to get more people involved. Well, we want to make sure that... Um... Financial reasons isn't the reason why you're not um, you know, getting training and education and things that you want to do as a coach. So we provide grants to help offset any of the costs that it might take to get your professional development opportunities and your coach education. You know, if it's traveling to somewhere or you know, taking a course, we have grants to make sure that it is financially um, viable for you to be able to do that. And we have, you know, anywhere within Manitoba, you can apply for these grants. Susan, this has been so much fun. Um, I, I guess to just to finish up, and again, we'll be on this regularly with different coaches from different sports, as well as working, you know, with some of the big events that you know we're needing people, not necessarily for coaching, but for volunteers uh, and whatnot. But um, just on the way out, I guess the Sport Manitoba website's the best place to go for people to find out not only more on the coaching programs that we've talked about, but some of the sports they can get involved in and uh, what opportunities might be there, um, you know, within um, those uh, actual activities. Yes, exactly. Sport Manitoba website has a little bit of everything. There's all the different programs that we offer, whether it's performance, coaching, we're going to have officials development, all the different grants and resources are all available on our website. So please just check it out. Start navigating. If you need any help, there is some help uh, as well to help you navigate the, the website. Susan, thanks so much for coming on. Now, all the best to you and all the Manitoba coaches uh, helping put the games on and make things happen all season long. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll look forward to having you on again sometime soon. Thank you so much, Andrew. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. A real pleasure. There's Susan Lambie, the coaching manager from Sport Manitoba. Uh, and again, gang, you can turn your passion into action, become a coach or official in the sport you love. It's not just about the sport. It's about building character, fostering teamwork, and creating a legacy. You can visit sportmanitoba.ca to take the first step toward a rewarding journey. It takes a community to play. A message from Sport Manitoba, supported by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. 
All right, great stuff. Thanks to Susan for jumping on and uh, looking forward to uh, having more conversations like that in future episodes of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, hey, speaking of thanks, we've got to thank our friends at Little Brown Jug for the great hospitality last night. Uh, it was great to see everybody. It was great to enjoy a few generics, a few other delicious beers cranking out for the holidays. There really is nothing like going to the brewery and taproom at Little Brown Jug. As Remus mentioned, many small batch um, uh, kegs that you won't find anywhere else available. And I did see a bunch of people take advantage. We've got a great deal right now where if you pop into Little Brown Jug and grab 12 cans and you can mix and match, you get a $15 gift card to enjoy in the tap room right now. So that is on for the holidays. And of course, amazing merchandise. I know Nick grabbed a... Uh, a uh, couple of the uh, generic merch right now. We've got the hats. they got a beautiful toque and more. Um, if you're looking for some of the best-looking merch from our local breweries, uh, get in there for the uh, holidays as well. Little Brown Jug on William Avenue. Check out their website, littlebrownjug.ca, and pick up LBJ wherever they sell great beer. And another big thanks has to go out to DQ Nick. He was happy he came by. He did win the Little Brown Jug package in the raffle. Uh, but, of course, Nick's such a great supporter of us. Brought by all those great Dilly Bars and Buster Bars, my personal favorite for the gang, towards the end of the night. And uh, been supporting us from day one before we had even done one show. Why not pick up a DQ ice cream cake for uh, your holiday festive gathering? Pop by DQ Northgate or DQ at Polo Park. They'll take, you care, take care of you there. And you can also, if you want to get something custom made, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba uh, for a custom made cake just the way you want it. You can send them the picture. They'll do it up. DQ cakes for every occasion from Nick and Nicky DQ online at DQ Manitoba. Don't forget, they've got the Pita Pit out in Niverville as well right now with great catering options. If you do want some Pita Pit catering, over the course of the holidays or into 2024, hit them up on Twitter or Instagram at Pita Pit Niverville. All right, um, remote. This has been something we haven't talked too much about it, but it does seem like it is inevitable. Bob Herrig of SI announcing that John Rom is leaving the PGA Tour for Live Golf, a rumored payout in excess of half a billion dollars an ownership share and captaincy of one of the Live Golf teams. And once this becomes official, Live Golf will have three of the last five major champions and arguably three of the top five players in the world. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to understand the situation here. Didn't Live and PGA merge last well, year? What was going on with, with that? I thought they merged so we don't have to deal with this anymore. See, the, there's a number of issues that have prevented it from officially happening yet. And part of it is antitrust investigations from the U.S. government. It needs to be done by December 31st. So in a lot of ways, this is a massive power play by Liv to get the reigning Masters champion, have him sign with Liv. He's on their squad now. And if they cannot get this merger, whatever you want to call it, done, they move on with the reigning Masters champion and one of the biggest and biggest names in world golf, one of the most popular players, and another massive hit to uh, to the tour. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people calling John Rahm a hypocrite. He was on record 
in the last couple of years on a number of occasions saying, you know, what's $400 million going to do for me? I've got all the money I could probably ever use. It won't change my life very much. I want to play for a legacy. I want to be in tournaments like the Memorial hosted by Arnold Palmer and whatnot. But I don't think this happens unless that merger does have to be, uh, you know, in, in the first place. Uh, the bottom line is, is that this is going to further divide pro golf. And unless they get to a point where all these players are playing in the events, I think we're going to look at a golf scene that has four big tournaments a year, the four majors. People will pay attention to the Ryder Cup. I'm not sure that this does much for live. Like, I mean, I know there's a lot of John Rom fans, but... Uh, I mean, like, you know, say he takes over the, the Range Goats or Ironhead GC. Like, is that going to make people turn on the CW and watch more of the 54 holes that he criticized big time to begin with? I'm not really sure, but it is uh, generational money. And if anyone on tour deserves the big check, it's him. This will be by far the biggest payout that the PIF and the Saudis have given any professional golfer and it's uh, probably a pretty dark day for the PGA Tour if this uh, if this goes through. What are you more excited about tonight? Uh, Jets, Avs, or Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky in prime time as the Patriots and Steelers go head-to-head? I, I, I already hate um, Thursday night football, Huss. I feel like the games are usually uh, played poorly because of the lack of rest. Um, so uh, you look at this game, the team total, it was a th- like 31, you know, I see people making what fantasy lineups, put it locking in uh, the defense, both defenses for this game. So, and the kickers it's NFL. Like I'll have, if I'm loading up multiple TVs, maybe I will have this on. I don't have anyone in, in fantasy. Like, is there any, even any fantasy, uh, relevant players in this game but no i'm not interested jets uh we'll be watching jets abs you know a number of games in the nhl huge slate i'm looking at the games uh patrick kane's return for detroit uh, yeah well let's go through all these let's go through all these but hey just before i don't yeah. want to miss these super chats uh from uh, nerf shout out to the my little brother lucas it's his birthday today Congrats on his big win in the raffle last night for those uh, those Jets premium tickets. And then Lucas is in there with the super chat as well. The birthday boy. Thanks for the good time last night, guys. Can't wait to check out the Blue Jackets game with the both of you. Yeah, Lucas. And that what a prize that was from Ticketmaster. We're going to be uh, for that January 9th game welcoming Lucas and a guest. I believe it's Daniel, but he can he can figure that out. Uh, and we'll uh, get there early, enjoy uh, the uh, everything the chef has cooking up in that Plano Lounge, and uh, hopefully see a great game as well. So um, congratulations to Lucas, and thanks to everyone that bought tickets for the raffle last night, helping us raise a whole whack load of money for the Christmas cheer board. And thanks for the super chats, you guys. Um, so, yeah, Remo, let's get through. I'll tell you what, just before we get to the NHL, let's get through with this NFL game. The total is 30. It is the lowest total in an NFL game in more than a decade. The Steelers are five and a half point favorites. And again, this is Mitch Trubisky that is starting against Bailey Zappi. Uh, We won't bother going through many of the props. 
Over three and a half field goals, though, is plus 120. And we did put together a lock shot partner parlay for this game tonight. <clears throat> and it's a whole lot of unders. Mitch Trubisky, under 181.5 passing yards. Zeke, under 60.5 rushing yards. Ezekiel Elliott. And the total for the game, under 30.5. That is in at plus 425. Uh, may as well get the other. Uh, we did do a hockey parlay. We won that one last night with the nice boost to plus 500 on the over. Uh, on the, uh, what did we have? We had Vegas. We had Tampa. And we had over in the Oilers-Carolina game. That came through at plus 500. We're back at it. Bounce back game for the Canes. Rod the Bod said in his interview in between periods that they were probably going to lose 50 nothing, And he'd never seen them play that bad. I kind of think Rod will get their attention going into Calgary tonight <clears throat> after the losses in Winnipeg and Edmonton. So we'll take Carolina to win. Explain this to me. The Coyotes are one of the hottest teams in the league. They've won five in a row. They are home to the Philadelphia Flyers, and yet the Coyotes are actually right now technically underdogs. Minus 107 for Arizona, minus 110 for Philly. Make that one make sense, Remo. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure that one out either. Do they think Philadelphia is good? Arizona, they play very well at Mellot Arena, and their goalie, Connor Ingram, I see people tweeting that he's a Vesna candidate. Uh, well, if you look uh, at his numbers right now, he is. He's like 11-3. and three. He's got a 2.23 ERA, or uh, goals against average, and a 930 save percentage. Yeah. Um, yeah, in, incredible numbers there from Connor Ingram, and yeah, they're very good at home. So I was confused. I'm like, is there something I'm missing here with this line, maybe it's maybe it's Vimelka playing tonight. But even still, I know no, he's had a rough start, but he's Ingram. getting pushed. It is Ingram. Well, right on. Anyways, they're in on the partner parlay. So we've got Carolina, we've got Arizona, and we're gonna take the Devils team total over three and a half. So the Devils to score four goals, and they've been scoring a ton. They had six against the um, <clears throat> against the Canucks. The only time in the last five or six they haven't was when they stunningly lost. 6-3 at home to the San Jose Sharks. So <clears throat> we're going to see if we can go back-to-back -back in hockey with the partner parlay. Canes, Coyotes, Devils over three and a half goals, plus 5.75. Those are both up, those are both up in, the, uh, in the Lock Shop exclusives. And if you go down to the bottom, click the Winnipeg Sports Talk parlay. We're going to ride the big boys tonight. Jets to win. In regulation, overtime shootout, doesn't matter. And that top line, Shifley, Connor, Ehlers, and Josh Morrissey, all to record one or more points. That's the path to the victory for me, Reem. The big boys have to step up and kind of be right there with the big guys on Colorado. Six to one for Shifley, Connor, Ehlers, and Morrissey, all to get a point and the Jets to win. Yeah, I mean, hey, taking... Uh, the top line all get a point. Odds are if one of them scores, uh, you know, the other guys are getting in on a point. So uh, that works. It's going to be a tough task for uh, the Jets in Colorado. But, they hey, they beat him twice last year, including one overtime win there. Uh, looking forward to seeing how this shakes out. But, yeah, if you think the Jets are going to win, I could. those guys are getting on the score sheet. So uh, 
I like that one for uh, for you on the sports talk parlay. Yeah. So again, if you want to just take that Jets single gamer, that's there at plus six hundred. Uh, other games tonight. Buffalo is in Boston to take on the Bruins. Bruins a minus two seventy home favorite. And Patrick Kane's making his Red Wings debut tonight, Remo, against the Sharks. The Wings are minus 273 favorites. But I, I, I think there's a lot of people that are just going to hammer Patrick Kane to score or to <clears throat> be in the first game. I'm kind of looking at the other side. Like, it might take a little while for him to get in. Plus 139 for him not to get a point tonight. Dusty's going head-to-head with me and taking Kane to get over one and a half at plus 260 which probably means he's just going to get one point and we'll both lose. But I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in wait-and-see mode like Rewiki is with Pat Kane under half a point. So basically no points tonight for Kane in his Wings debut, plus 139. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, he's playing with his former uh, running mate, Alex Debrinkhead. They're on a line together and uh, getting power play one time. They're playing San Jose, you know, who was such a pushover earlier, giving up 10 goals a game. Uh, but they've been on a bit of a heater here. Uh, does their luck run out here as the road, their road trip continues? Or will Patrick Kane uh, get some points on the board? I am curious how he performs. You know, guys who've had who've come back from that surgery, you know, they haven't really fared well. Uh, most recently, Nicholas Backstrom had you know, taken another extended stay away from the game. So it'll be fascinating how Patrick Kane uh, stacks up here in this Detroit lineup that's uh, trying to get into the playoffs. Us and you know it's looking looking not bad, Detroit. So uh, we'll see how it goes uh, for Kane and Debrinkat uh, tonight on line two. Uh, Kings at Habs. Maybe that's why Marat didn't see PLD at Nobu. They're on the road. Oh, they're in Montreal. Wonder if you got a chance to hook up with his bankers and maybe check out the uh, suite at some point heading in. I was gonna um, ask. Sorry, I was gonna say, <laughs> did he do anything for his big charity? In the morning of the game, did he have a big uh, announcement? Because that's you know, well, when they were in Montreal we'll last year, they did that. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to look it up. Uh, Habs plus 190, Kings minus 230 at home. Leaf sense. Six o'clock game. That would be good. Ottawa coming off that big 6-2 thumping of the New York Rangers. Not a lot of teams have beaten New York so far this year. Sends a home dog plus 103. The Leafs minus 121. What we really should be doing for these Leaf games is just betting the draw every night at plus 350 because while they've got 12 wins on the season, only five are in regulation, and they seem to go to overtime most nights. Um, So if you want to put a little sprinkle on that, it's there. Uh, Leafs minus 121. Blue Jackets are at the Islanders. Islanders minus 177 faves. Lightning at the Predators. Predators minus 136. The Dallas Stars are in Washington. Washington has not been great lately. They're a pretty significant home underdog, plus 130. But the Stars did play last night in Florida and lost and are on the second end of back-to-backs. But you know Peter DeBoer is going to try and end this losing streak right where it is heading into D.C. Yeah, and the Capitals are rocking Charlie Lindgren in goal. That's who's he's kinda, been their whole team. He's emerged. Yeah, he got hot on that hot streak when they were winning. And look at his numbers. Uh, kind of similar to Connor Ingram. He's got 928 save percentage, 246 goals against. What's his record? 5-2, uh, 5-2-0. And, and uh, he's kind of overtaking Darcy Kemper as their number one in Washington. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, he was a healthy scratch last game. 
Uh, he's he's back in tonight. Seven hundredth career game for him. Uh, I didn't think that Washington was that good, but then they got hot. But I think they've fallen a bit back to earth here. So uh, yeah, lean what, Dallas what it's there. Worth? Yeah, but go Caps go tonight. Let's uh, see if Washington can win. Sure. Home, home maybe dogs. the Jets can wake up in seven. Uh, Jets can wake up in second place in the division. Anaheim one and nine in their last ten. They're still a slight favorite against Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks. Blackhawks plus one and one. That game in Chicago. We mentioned the Canes at minus one thirty six favorites in Calgary. Arizona minus one hundred seven. No respect for the Coyotes. Phillies minus one ten. That game at Mullet, 8 o'clock start for the Jets and Avs. If you want to just bet this game on its own, Jets are plus 113 underdogs. Avalanche minus 133. Wild and Canucks going at it. And we've seen this big run that the Oilers are on right now after firing their coach. The Wild are doing the same thing. But the Vancouver Canucks are a slight favorite at minus 112. Wild minus 105. And then the Devils continuing their road trip after their big win in the Hughes Bowl. Minus 149 for New Jersey in the Kraken, plus 126. No shortage of options for a uh, DraftKings lineup tonight, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, stuff for tonight. There's a ton of games. We'll be having them on the TVs. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Minnesota. Four-game win streak uh, now since firing the coach. And Vancouver, they got off to that really hot start. They've, they've cooled off quite a bit, uh, four and six. In their last 10, but I mean, they're in a really nice spot. They're third in the Pacific, and I'm curious how Carolina does after getting thumped by Edmonton. Do they come back and play well against Calgary, who's starting Dustin Wolf? Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, is that I, I'm, yes, Dustin Wolf? I'm getting mixed up with Wool, <laughs> the, oh, Toronto, the, the Toronto uh, goalie, but yeah, Wolf's in net because Markstrom, what he hurt his finger. Uh, making a save, so they put him in. I think, I think some people think Wolf could be the guy going forward for a couple weeks instead of Dan Vladar. So uh, interested in Calgary as well. Who's Calgary's the team has? They're like the Jets last year. Every player is on the trade bait. They already did make one trade <laughs> with Zadarov, but it seems like they're about to enter a, a rebuild here. Um, again, if you haven't played a cool bet before. Use the promo code WST on your first deposit for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks, And make sure to check the exclusive tabs, exclusives tab for the latest from myself and Dustin Nielsen in the lock shop and an occasional WST parlay like we have tonight for the game. Um, well, it should be a good one tonight. I'm looking forward to it. And then no game until Sunday. So tomorrow, a big Friday show wrapping up the uh, big tilt between the Jets and the first place Avs. And then looking ahead to Sunday in Anaheim, we'll touch on the latest in the National Football League with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and uh, and much more. It should be a, a fun, fun show, but it's always a lot more fun if the Jets can win. And uh, looking forward to the drop of the puck tonight at 8. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm a big fan of the 8 o'clock puck drop. Has put the kids to bed, put the game on. Uh, very exciting. And, yeah, for, you know, Friday's always fun, but we need to talk about a win. Can have a, a sad loss before getting yeah, into well, the mar- into the marbles there. Fingers crossed that uh, that will uh, be. Uh, you'll be able to know quite early on in the show as to how fired up we are, depending on what happens tonight. Uh, but will be a big one. I'm looking forward to having Hacksaw on. We'll also have Ken Weeb. Should be a good one. Um, so make sure to join us. 
Uh, shout out to the IC guys. I know we had a great event last night. They're going to be doing their show at BP Taylor after the game tonight and hanging around to watch. Going to probably pop by for that. And then uh, pop back in with you tomorrow at 1 p.m. right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Huge thanks to all of our sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Special thanks to Sport Manitoba and Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. Great to get. It takes a community to play going, and we'll have regular visits from people within Sport Manitoba in relation to opportunities of coaching, volunteering, big events coming up, and more. And it was great to have Susan on for the first time. And, of course, always love Brandon and Marat joining us on the show today. Um, Thanks to Michael Remus. Thanks to all of you, especially the ones that came out and supported the Christmas cheer board with us last night at Little Brown Jug. Enjoy the game tonight, gang. And join us tomorrow at 1 p.m. when we break it all down and look ahead to the rest of the Jets' road trip and a big sports weekend tomorrow at 1, live on YouTube, right here on WST. Oh, my God! Shut it down! Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 